Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at Mutiny Radio. FM. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke 
workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Ben S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a paddle? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit faced McRat. <laughs> It's 6 o'clock. It's day 7 here at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. And we are here with the 6 o'clock show. It's just comics doing comedy from out of town. Yeah. We've got Robert Matramosian out of L.A., Suzanne Lawrence all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Heather Wegler out of Portland, Casey McNeil out of Boston, and Tori Ward from Portland on tonight's show six o'clock hoping Tori Ward makes it she wasn't feeling that great seems like a lot of people are coming down with something oh boy uh but we're only coming down with a case of the laughter here at mutiny radio coming up really soon with comedy here we go Controversy. 
this is going to be a weird show because I'm hosting from the booth. Yay! Hey, everybody who agreed to be a part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival as a volunteer, fuck your face because none of you showed up. And I've run every single board here for the past seven days. Going to be getting a little spicy here at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, seventh day. 12 hours a day, sometimes 13, of comedy programming for you, Mutiny Radio listener. Hey, everybody, we've got a show coming up right now. Your first comedian all the way from L.A. Clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion for Robert Madramosian! Yeah! What's up, guys? Okay. Hey, you guys ever do this? You ever you ever wash your car and feel like you fixed it up better? You know? <laughs> Like, I'll wash my car, and I'll take it for a drive, and this is running a lot better now. Yeah, yeah, this, this air freshener's got me some better mileage, man. I can take it to the mechanic shop. You need new tires, man, but I got new soap, dude. Let me let me try this. I got new soap. As a comic, man, like, bombing, bombing sucks, right? But I feel like what's worse is bombing in a group chat. <laughs> you know? Especially when no one replies, and it's the last thing that's sent. So when you go back, and you're like, someone say something, please. And you just try and fix it with other things. It's like, ah. The phone down, man. Let's put the phone down. I know, I'm not cool uh, with with the girls. Um, I haven't been laid in so long. I'm at the point where I'm doing it for God. This is where I'm at. Just uh, renew me, renew me, man. I got the streak going. Let's just keep this. I don't know, dude. I feel like there's a somebody for everybody, you know? Because don't you guys get happy when you see a couple and they're like ugly? <laughs> Yeah, I've never been in a relationship before either, so that's the only thing that helps me sleep at night. It's like they're all ugly anyways, man. It's all good. I don't know, dude. I I I play the stare game, where you know where you stare at women or whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know that game where you like look at them, they look at you, and you just keep looking back at each other. I always lose at that game, man. I know I lose because they look at them and they stop looking back at me. That's how I know I lose. Just my please, I have so much more to give. Please, I'll tell you more jokes. Uh, yeah, man. Cool, cool, cool. I used to be a vegan. <laughs> you can tell. Because I'm still trying to let you know. <laughs> uh, worst decision I've ever made, man. I was like green, I was passing up, my burps were like my farts. It's nasty, dude. Uh, when they stop being a vegan, uh, I will be personal. I had a piece of steak and I had an immediate erection, you know? And it wasn't like, oh, I love meat. It was like the meat just went straight to my dick. My dick was like, yeah, this is what we wanted the whole time, dude. Plus, I was at the dinner table, so I had to hide it from my mom. Like, mom, it's not you. It's the food, man. It's not you. It's the food. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, being a vegan wasn't a good, good idea for me. Good idea. Uh, I don't know, man. LA's cool. LA's cool, right? I had the most LA thing happen to me. Uh, I had a I had a girl. She walked up, and then uh, she she asked me. She's like, "Hey, Rob, like, how are you doing? How's life? How are you feel?" But she asked me this question as she opened the door and just let go and let the door like slowly close. And so before I can answer my question, she, the door closes and she gave me one of these like, "Huh?" and just just walked away. <laughs> I'm like, "Just spit on my face next time. Just spit on my face, man. I don't need that." I had another comic, like, I went up to her, I'm like, hey, man, your set was good. And she's like, oh, yeah, I really love your dog bit. I got no bits about dogs, man, just, 
You don't even have to give me a compliment. I've already, <laughs> already done that for you. Anyways, I don't understand when people say they beat depression. Because you never hear people say depression won. Because those people are dead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Everyone's trying to be body positive and accept yourself. I feel like there's no better pre-workout than feeling not enough. You know, nothing gets me out to the gym than like, they don't know me. They don't know fuck everybody, man. I think anybody running at 2 a.m. in the morning is a murderer. I really do think. I really do think that, dude. Like people who walk backwards on treadmills are in abusive relationships. I really. <laughs> no, never again. Never again. Never again. Hell yeah. Hell to the yes. The sperm bank. The sperm bank. Why get your product frozen? Get it fresh. This is a banger. <laughs> oh, man. You guys have a safe word? You know? I got a safe word when I meet women. It's called I have a boyfriend. They let me know right away, dude. They let me know right away. Hit them too hot. <laughs> Hit them too hot, dude. I'm Armenian, but I'm also from Canada. So the polite and the asshole balance out. So I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay, man. I went to Armenia, and uh, if you're planning to go, you don't need to go. Sorry. It's okay. You don't need to go, dude. But when I was over there, um, man, there's no fitness culture in Armenia. Like, I went for a jog, and people thought I was getting chased, you know? Like, what the fuck is this guy running from? I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm sorry. And everyone's, like, smoking, too, man. At the end of my run, my health was so much more worse. I might as well just drank with him, dude. It was just, like, at the end of my run, I was coughing. I was like, just give me a cigarette, please. Just give me, give me a cigarette. Uh, but, yeah, man, that's cool. My friend tried to do acid. He wanted me to be there with him to ask him questions. So he, he dropped acid, and he's like, all right, man, tell me. Give me a question, man. Give me a question. I looked at him and I was like, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? What, what, are you, what, what are you doing, man? He's like, it's time to repent, my friend. It's time to repent. That's how I feel with Jehovah Witnesses, man. I feel like they would have a better reception if they knocked on doors and were like, hey, we got some weed. We just want to talk about God. I feel like a lot more people will let them in instead of them being like, your days are numbered. It's California. got to help out. Help out the Californians. Oh, this is cool. Uh, speaking of acting, um, I was doing an audition. And in the audition, I had to hold a mother's baby. And uh, that's when I realized, like, I'm afraid of babies. You know? Because it's just like, I, I drop my phone a lot. You know? And I feel like they make cases for phones. I feel like they should make cases for babies, you know? Somewhere you're, where you drop your baby and be totally fine, right? Like, how much fun would it be to be able to grab your baby and just chuck it against the wall? Wouldn't that just be... <laughs> be amazing hey instead of dodgeball you got dodge babies just babies flying everywhere this place is about the babies man <laughs> i don't know man there are mothers out there who want to chuck their kids with or without a case okay i'm just giving the solution my fucking childhood would have been much better with a case <laughs> uh dude yeah cool 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 y'all know how canceled plans feel relaxing you know your plans get canceled you think that's how the fetus feels before it's aborted? Yeah, that's the reaction, bro. It's like, I did not want to live that life, mom. With those finances? Hell no. Rather chill with the nothingness of God. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a cool set. It's been a great, 
Great set. Uh, that's all. That's all. Thank you. And thank you so much. Robert Madramosian. Yay. Dead babies. All right. Also, for the record, my safe word is cinnamon. <laughs> Next up, she's all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Clap your hands in a wild, slappy-like motion for Suzanne Lawrence. <laughs> Dead air. That's my specialty. How you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make you guys clap a lot. No, I'm not, I promise. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of work per person. Um, I don't know if you can tell this by looking at me, but I'm the kind of person that shops at Aldi. Um, but I'm also the kind of person who always leaves my quarter in the cart so people know I don't have to shop at Aldi. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I could be at Whole Foods right now, but I needed a gallon of milk and a two-pack of dresses. So here I am. The only thing uh, the only thing I won't buy at Aldi is dog food. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I, I feed my, my husband and my darling child, my darling five-year-old child, exclusively from Aldi. But my dog, I feel like I feel like he's innocent. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like he can't give any kind of like informed consent on this decision. I mean he's a rescue, right? He deserves better. <laughs> I'm really defensive about the fact that my dog's a rescue because he doesn't look like a rescue. Um, he's, he's a purebred golden retriever. Um, so I'm always like, he's a rescue, like anytime someone walks by me, just so they don't judge me. Um, and people are like, well, how do you know he's a purebred golden retriever if he came from a shelter? I'm like, well, that's because all golden retrievers look exactly the same. Like, I'm not racist, okay? But I'm just telling the truth about these dogs. They look exactly the same. Uh, they all look like they're about to tell you some secrets about beans. <laughs> like, it's like living in an L.L. Bean catalog. Like, I'm, like I, live, I live in an okay neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Like, it's, it's fine. It's a lot of, like, cash for gold places. That's all I'm going to say. Um, uh, but my dog is, like, way too fancy for my neighborhood. Like, I feel like he's slumming it with me. Uh, so sometimes I'll just take him for a walk in the rich neighborhood so he can experience his culture, you know? There are water bowls every three feet in this fucking rich neighborhood. Like, what are they worried is going to happen between water bowls? Like, my neighborhood put a water bowl out once, and people just put their cigarette butts out in it. I mean, I made them drink it. I'm not <laughs> raising a snob. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, um, I worry constantly about everything. I guess that, do you worry? You're, you're a mom too, right? You just like worry about random shit that doesn't make sense. And like, like, look, I just picked up my water bottle. I have no intention of drinking anything. I'm just gonna put it back down. <laughs> no, I, I feel like it's every day that I'm reading some news story about some kidnapper or pedophile that's like out, just out there. But here's the thing is like, I don't know if those kinds of crimes are actually more common now or if it's just that those stories keep coming up when I Google them. But like, I want to be one of those like cool moms that lets their kid like walk to school and walk to the park and stuff because I think that's good for kids. But I'm so scared that some creep out there is gonna turn her into like a drug addict or a Mormon <laughs> or something. They're out there, like Mormons. I mean, they're they're just fucking out. Like, why are they doing that still? I don't think anyone's opened their door for a Mormon since 1979. <laughs> you know, I think that's the reason Mormons hate feminism. It's not because it's against their religion. It's because no one's home during the day anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's science. 
I, uh, I worry about stupid stuff too. Like I worry about whether or not my kid will be cool. Like I, like I worry about it a lot, like to the point where I, we don't even use babysitters. And it's not because I'm worrying that some horrible tragedy is gonna happen. Uh, it's because I don't want my kid hanging out with someone who has nothing better to do on a Saturday night <laughs> than hang out with my stupid ass kid. <laughs> but then sometimes I worry that like, maybe it's better not to be cool because nothing's sadder than the kid that peaked in middle school. You know, like no one should be surprised that the kid who was smoking weed when he was nine isn't a brain surgeon now. But remember, we all thought that kid was the coolest. Like, we were jealous. We're like, man, his parents let him do whatever he wants. My parents suck. They're just always, like, around. <laughs> so, so the child neglect. Listen, you guys were talking about murdering babies. I make a mild joke about child neglect, and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> One thing uh, that happened when I became a parent, like, when, when I was in my 20s, I used to think, that, that so many things were ruining the world, like uh, drive throughs and malls and chain restaurants. But as a parent, I've discovered that all those things exist because they make your life just a little bit easier. And I'm all about that. There's this, okay, there's this thing now. I'm so excited. Instead of going to a doctor, you can just send them a photo of your rash or whatever, uh, and they'll tell you what to do about it. Isn't that cool? But I have a question, and that question is, how many dick pics do you think they get? <laughs> like, a lot, right? They have to look at every single one. <laughs> They're ethically obligated. Like, they have to get in there. Like, I just want to send them a picture of my butthole and be like, what is this? <laughs> Thank you, Pam. <laughs> like, ma'am, um, after careful examination, we have, in fact, determined that that is your anus. Like, oh my God, that's what Facebook said too. Thank you so much. Uh, I was gonna say, ask the ladies in the room, but lady in the room. Um, <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna make awkward eye contact with you. No, uh, so there's, okay, I'm not gonna frame it like a question because that's weird now. Um, there's this thing that's happening with my gynecologist where she's wearing a blast shield. Like, okay, no, like, tss, like she's gonna weld some shit. I'd take it as a challenge. <laughs> like I want to do, I want to learn how to do that thing that like some like strippers can do, where they like shoot things out of their vagina, <laughs> just so that when she's like done with her exam and ready to write her note, I can be like, "Oh, hey, doctor, do you need a <laughs> pen?" <laughs> I want to do it like really slowly too, just so I can see her realize what's about to happen. And then try to figure out how to be a professional about it. That's really good. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not a good person. Um, my daughter's really into animals. You know, she's at that age where, like, she just, like, and it's so fun as a parent. Like, there are animals she still hasn't seen yet that I'm just waiting to show her and see the look of delight on her face. And that's so fun to have that power. Like, one of these days, she's going to piss me off, and I'm going to show her hairless cats. <laughs> and she will know there is evil in this world. Look, I'm sorry, if you, if you have a hairless cat, I think you secretly wanted a baby because you clearly did not want a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever pet one of those things? That shit is intimate. <laughs> like, I feel like I need to get written consent first. I'm sorry, did you know cats can have moles? Yeah, no, I'm not judging. I've got moles, but I don't take my shirt off and like rub my flanks on people that didn't ask for it. Then they're just like up in your lap, like a warm puddle of skin. 
the owners are like, oh, he likes you. No, he doesn't. He's cold. <laughs> Your abomination needs a sweater. Like, listen, did you, did you know you could just not get a cat? It's a totally valid option. <laughs> like, just because you have allergies doesn't mean you have to invite a demon into your home. And then, like, what do you do if that thing gets fat? Then you just have, like, a regulation football. <laughs> and people put clothes on them and shit. Like, I've seen Harry Potter. That's a mistake. You give that thing clothes, it's free. <laughs> you have unleashed that on the world. <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird one. Uh, do you guys know? Do you guys ever met someone who's so old they still call cats pussies? <laughs> this is a true thing. When I was a kid, my great grandmother was still alive, and she would come over, and we had a cat, and she would go, "Here, pussy, 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 pussy," and I'd be like, "Grandma, she has a name. It's vagina." <laughs> Thank you, guys. You guys have been here. Clap your hands together for Suzanne Lawrence. Hooray! All the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, flying to San Francisco to get the coronavirus. You're <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, your next comedian, she's from Portland, and she's a very funny lady. Clap your hands together for Heather Bigler. A lot of people think lawyers are assholes, and it's true. We are huge assholes. But um, I'm your asshole, actually. I work for the government uh, preventing charity fraud. There are a lot of great charities out there doing wonderful work in the communities. Uh, and there are some that will take your donation and use it to buy clown porn on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not really funny. It should offend you because you can find clown porn for free. <laughs> Is not a good use of your charitable dollars. <laughs> um, I also I had a case, one case where people would take money for saving tigers and use it to feed their pet tigers, and that really pissed me off. I don't think you should have pet tigers because they can kill you. Um, and it and it's a sad thing though, but we have more tigers in American backyards than we have in the wild, because Americans are idiots. That's that's why that's the case. Um, I mean, I, d I just think we shouldn't have pet tigers unless we're also going to have a health insurance for when they bite your face off. So that should be part of my our policy protocols. Uh, I'm also a mom when I'm not lawyering, and I love it. It is truly the greatest job you will ever be trapped in until you die. <laughs> um, and the process of becoming a mother is really magical. Imagine, if you will, a watermelon passing through the center of a donut. And then afterwards, like a magic trick, you have a completely different donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My donut went from a pink frosted cake donut, you know, all cute and sweet with well-groomed sprinkles, to more of an apple fritter situation. <laughs> I mean, it's a good donut, right? But it's bigger, it's darker, and it's messier. Still more satisfying to eat, though. So, <laughs> um, My own mom was a much better parent than I am. She can get so much more done in a day. And I think 
it's because we had really different lifestyles. She didn't drink at all, uh, but she liked cocaine. So that is a drug that will just help you toot your way through your to-do list. Um, you guys, it feels like you maybe are a little sad for me right now because I had a Coke <laughs> mom. But you shouldn't be. I learned a lot from her. Like, I could clean the hell out of a bathroom because I learned from somebody who was coke raging over the mildew and the grout. You really will get in there when that's happening to you. Um, one of my favorite parts of being a parent is that you get to give your kids advice. And I got to do that recently when my eight-year-old came to me and said, Mom, uh, kids are bothering me on the playground. And I said, well, what are they doing? And she said, well, they're using bad words. They're using the A word. They're using the F word. They're using the B word. And they're even using the C word. And, you know, I, I thought that was really surprising for eight. So I said, Ma, uh, well, honey, what is the C word? And she said, Mom, you know what the C word is? The C word, it's crap. <laughs> so, of course, I said... Oh, no, honey, the C word is cunt. <laughs> yeah, you should know because you have one. Um, and if I'm doing my job right, someday you'll be one. <laughs> <laughs> Teach the children well, everybody. Um, <laughs> one of my least favorite parts of parenting has been breastfeeding. Uh, but I did it anyway. Uh, I did it for nine months with my first child and five months with my second child because you love your second child less. <laughs> That's how that works. Um, but I, I, I never really enjoyed it at all, and one of the, it made me embarrassed. So when I would nurse in public, I always used a cover, since I don't have great tits. Uh, and people would really get on me in Portland. You know, in, in a lot of parts of the country, people think that it's gross, but in Portland, this lady approached me once and said, you know, what would it be like if you had to eat under a blanket? And I was like, well, I don't know, but I hope my husband doesn't mind because my feet get cold. <laughs> and I bet your husband could probably use a blanket. That situation seems maybe a little frigid, <laughs> you know, like licking a popsicle. Um, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Aren't you all having a great time? <laughs> um, yeah, this is going really well. But it's all a, a learning and growing experience, right? And I guess as long as I have the microphone, I want to give it up for Pam for putting this all together, right? We're coming to the end of the show or the end of the festival, and she's done an awesome job. So I'm having a blast uh, and wishing that I remembered another joke that I had to tell you. But since I don't, um, I guess I'll just give you a piece of advice, which is laugh really hard for the next person. How about that? Yay, thanks. I'm Heather Weigler. Yay. Clap your hands together for Heather Wigler. Yay. Yay. Yeah. I'm and I'm super excited. I'll lift the veil for the, the radio listening audience. Uh, I've I bought a big, huge bag of things that make you see funny. So if you want to, it's just for people in the festival. It's to bribe you to stay and stick around and have a good time. We have shows all night. There's going to be a movie at 8 o'clock, which will be perfect for the bag that is that everyone is invited on because I just, I got it. I said, I want people to hang out for the end of the festival and I will bribe them. And that is what we're doing. All right. 
nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Your next comedian, he's all the way from Boston, and how incredibly exciting that he's all the way here with us in San Francisco. Clap your hands together. It's Casey McNeil. Well, this is like my 35th set of the week, I think, or something. So we're just going to do some riffs, some stuff I've been working with. You guys There's a lot of that DNA stuff going on. You know the DNA test. You guys do the DNA stuff? Have the test. I have one of those DNA tests. Turns out I'm innocent. <laughs> no, I I don't have to get the genetic thing done because I know I know our fifty percent Irish, fifty percent hillbilly. Just means I'm. Uh, oh, is that it? Fifty percent Irish, fifty percent hillbilly. Just means I grew up too lazy to discipline my children. You guys are talking about kids. I got the nine-year-old at home. You know, and now when he acts up, I'm like, hey, hey, listen here. Come here, smart guy. Let me tell you something. Take this phone. Go play that game that you like. <laughs> you give me any more lip, I'll give you the tablets. You'll be out of my hair for hours. <laughs> See, the parents like that joke. That's, that's just working. That's, that's, that's good. Now, I have older kids, too. Um, I got a good relationship with my older kids. You, you have to when you borrow the kind of money I do. I, I'm just absolutely broke. Who's broke? Where's my broke people? Broke. Bro, how about no broken bad credit? I'm talking like hiding a TV from Rena Center. <laughs> Fuck you, Columbia Record House. You'll never catch me. No comics in the room old enough to know the guys that joke. Oh man, but it's terrible. Like I, I the other day I went to uh, I was at the fast food restaurant, and you know they got the things you use a card. And my debit card got declined for a cheeseburger. Yeah, I said, guy, it's like, dude, this cheeseburger was declined. I'm like, could you try running it without the cheese? That one will sink in on you when you're poor as me. <laughs> oh, man. But it didn't used to be this bad for me. I used to be one of those high-priced consultants. Made a lot of money. I was one of the big-time consultants. And I remember the day I said to my wife, I, I said, if, you, you know, if, if I leave all this money and just become a struggling stand-up comic, will you still love me? She said, of course I'll love you. I'll miss you. So, but I think, but then, I don't know how, like, I, I haven't applied for jobs in like 30 years. I smoke my body weight in weed, and so that's a problem. And then people say, well, you know, Casey, you, you know, maybe your weed is a problem. I said, no, smoking weed isn't a problem. Earning enough money to smoke weed is the problem. That's why I need a job. So I go to fill out these applications online. Now. They're all different. You can't understand any of that stuff now. But one thing I think that's interesting, though, is that, on the, on the job applications now, what you have to disclose and what you don't have to disclose, it's all changing, you know. Like in, in the state of Massachusetts, if you, you don't have to disclose your felony criminal background. In California, I don't think you have to disclose your criminal background at all. And if you're specifically from Oakland, you don't say nothing about nothing to nobody. Okay, I tried to adapt that to a local, to a local locale. Hey, Oakland. Okay, but I think the job I think I'd literally like to have is a weed reviewer. They said, do what you love, right? So like weed reviewer, there's guys that write that up. This is this nice, spicy, fruity scent. We'll make you high in this. But, but I know that every time I, I, I try to write a review, they're all going to sound the same. I'll be like. <laughs> that one was pretty good. I liked it. Should probably try it. You might like it too. <laughs> that's about all I'm trying. But that's what I think. Well, maybe I could get a job as porn reviewer. You know, there's guys that do that too, like five boners, four and a half boners. You know, 
And, but then I know all those reviews would sound the same as well. You know, I, after I finished one of my enjoyable sessions, like, whoosh, 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 ah. that's what I sound like when I finish as far as, you know, whoosh, 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 ah. that was pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> Probably goes good with some weed. <laughs> no, uh, the real reason why I want to have the jobs of weed reviewer and porn reviewer is because then when somebody asked me if I could fit a meeting in, I say, oh, I'm sorry, my, my schedule's entirely booked jacking off and smoking weed. <laughs> the job I think I'd like to have is rock star. Rock star. You know, rock stars have the coolest kind of job because they get to just gyrate around all day long, sweating, you know, and then people applaud at the end of their shift. You know, I'm not saying I want to be a rock star. I just want to do that in accounting. <laughs> get down on my knees and here comes your spreadsheet with a graph. All the girls be like, oh, my God, we love Casey's TPS report so much. I'm going to throw my panties on his desk. Okay, we're working these. We're working these. Don't worry if you don't like these. I got a few more minutes just like it. Um, what else is going on? I'm originally from Michigan. Yeah, I'm from the hickey redneck part of Michigan called Michigan. <laughs> but Michigan is a cold, Michigan is a cold place. Like, this weather is cold out here. Michigan is like the worst, man. Like, at least you have four seasons here. When I was growing up in Michigan, we demarked our year by two seasons, nine months of snow and three months of risky ice fishing. <laughs> but Michigan, I don't know, I watched a lot of History Channel. Michigan was actually, they discovered Viking artifacts in Michigan. Michigan settled by Vikings. It's astonishing to me. Just think about the fact that these, these are people that come from a frozen, awful, terrible, frozen Nordic wasteland, right? They carve out these big ships. They travel 5,000 miles across the ocean, come inland, and then resettle in a new home just as fucking miserable as the one they came from. But as I said, I watch a lot of History Channel. I've been watching these uh, the documentaries, and, that, and I watch them high, and so I have different perspectives of everything when I'm watching it, like, really high. Uh, I watched this, this documentary about Columbus and that, and I, I watched a lot of Explorer documents, and I found one thing consistent. These people never had their families with them. I think there's probably a reason for that. You know? like, can you imagine if Columbus had actually brought his family with him across the Atlantic, right? All the way across the Atlantic Ocean, his wife's nagging him to get directions or something. He's like, oh, yeah, big man, going to find India traveling west. All I'm saying is I heard if you turn the wrong way, you go right off the edge. That's all I'm saying. You know, all the way across the Atlantic, the kids are on the deck going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Columbus like, I'll turn this thing around, I swear to God. And you think, you think, you think history looks disfavorably on Columbus. Imagine the beating he would have taken from his wife after he got here. I told you this wasn't India. I told you. History jokes, okay. Um, but I, I also watched a show about um, philosophers. That you guys, and and I, I wonder if people are always the same, but just the scenarios change. So I was watching a show about philosophers, and th it was about Socrates. Now, you know, Socrates had a famous student. You know who his student was? Aristotle. Aristotle, Aristotle a famous Socrates student, right? And I think, I wonder if the, the relationship between teachers and students was the same even back then. You know, like you think Aristotle was out in the courtyard going, uh, Euripides, come hither. Do not take Socrates for philosophy class. I believe he sucketh. You know, do, you think, do you think the Socrates is in the teacher's lounge going, you know how much gladiators make today? And then I found out also that his, his perspectives of watching History Channel High. Also, that Beethoven and Mozart lived, like, at the same time. But, you know, like, Mozart was the king. Of the, and you met Beethoven having to open for Mozart. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, the Vienna Philharmonic presents Mozart. But first, 
The musical stylings of Beethoven. <laughs> you suck! Get off! <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's like when you try to open as a comic. That's where, oh, I have, I've had the job of opening for a rock band. It's the worst thing ever. You know, they come on. Ladies and gentlemen, Evening Star Productions presents ACDC. <laughs> but first, the comedy stylings of Casey McNeil's. That's all I'm going to do, you guys. Thanks a lot. But only a best friend can. Casey McNeil. Casey McNeil. Yay. Casey McNeil out of Boston. We're all here. We've got one last comedian on the 6 o'clock show. It's called Comics from All Over because they are your next comedian. He's from Chicago. Clap your hands together for Aaron Atkins. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here. Give it up for Casey. Yeah. The Mozart to my Beethoven. Um, I have to tell you all that I've done the same set every day here. <laughs> for like a week, so, uh, and I know you've seen it, so that's like a fourth of the room. I'm just gonna do some other stuff. How much money we make tonight, man? I'm still not doing it, man. I can't, I can't do spoken word comedy like that. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna test out some new shit, so how about some crowd work? I'm pretty bad at that. Yeah. yeah. That's the crowd for those at home. Um, yeah, I'm really bad at crowd work. I'm really terrible at it. What's up, man? We're t I'm terrible at crowd work, um, I was asking Mike backstage, I was like, how do you do crowd work? Like, what's your approach to it? He's like, oh, just talk to people like you're at a party or something, man. It's like, okay, so we're gonna try that. Uh, hey man, what's your name? Casey. Casey? Cool. <laughs> so you like do comedy or something? Yeah. Oh, cool. Great guys, all right. <laughs> come in, come in, come in, come in. Hey, Sam Carroll, everybody. Give it up for him. Qui Quintino Tarantino over here. I'm about to do that bit about peeing. Yeah, you know the word sing along. Doesn't, uh, doesn't peeing feel good? <laughs> doesn't it just feel great? It's just like a 45 second sneeze, right? Dude, I love peeing. I think we should talk about it more. One time I was at this bar peeing. Um, and that's it right now. Uh, I was at a bar peeing. There's like a line of urinals, like three on the wall. Uh, and I go to the middle one, right, because I'm a sociopath. And this drunk guy, like, comes up to me, and he starts peeing in the one right next to me. And he says this. He goes, um. And that was it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to be, like, social butterfly, like Mr. Comedian over here, do some crowd work. And I was like, uh. Hey man, you having a good time over there? <laughs> Pretty funny, right? <laughs> That's golden. That hits, right? That's what I thought. But he goes like this. He says this to me. He goes, um. And then just finished peeing. <laughs> He's done. Looked at me. And I'm back to being the weird one again. Why? You know? I didn't just Ric Flair this bathroom. I'm not the weird one. God, let's see. What else, what else have I purposefully avoided saying on stage up to this point? Um. Got acne. <laughs> Give it up for acne. I got acne, Pam. Look at this. Look. Get this. Get this spotlight on me. Look. You don't need to say that. Fuck you. Fuck you, bro. Are you kidding me? What? What? Yo, get this guy out of here, man. That's bullshit. Is it heckler and shit. 
for the radioites, I'm covered in, I look like the elephant man, dude. I'm covered in acne. I was, used to have so much acne that when I was like a little kid, I'd go to the mall and the proactive lady would like stop me. Bullshit, dude. I'm 13, all right? I'm in like shin-length plaid shorts, like knee-length white socks, and a sarcastic comment loading t-shirt. You know, like it's bullying at this point. I know what the problem is. Who needs you to tell me? <sighs> all right. Uh, back to high school. This feels like high school. You ever cried into an Auntie Anne's pretzel? I have. That was something I did that day. What else is not funny, but I can try to shimmy it on out of there. You guys like Dr. Seuss? All right, fuck Dr. Seuss, man. Dr. Seuss sucks. Why is Dr. Seuss good? Can anyone give me a genuine reason why Dr. Seuss is like a good author? You want to give me? Cool. <laughs> That's been done on like birthday cards, dude. Dr. Seuss, there's no reason why Dr. Seuss should be a literary icon, man. Everybody, anybody can rhyme two words together if you make up both of the words. You know what I mean? Like, beware of the hubaloo, my great blue snoo. What? <laughs> Analyze that. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? And if that wasn't bad, he also made fucking Seussical the Musical. Have you heard Seussical the Musical? It's awful, man. It's like the worst thing to happen to school plays since children. You know, it's awful. I got one of the songs stuck in my head from Seussical the Musical. It was like having schizophrenia, right? It's like having my niece and cat face in the corner during my sleep paralysis episode. Just going like, all the things you can think when you think about Think of a sink. I don't know. These lyrics don't mean anything. It's like K-pop. You have to tell me. You have to tell me it's good. I have to take your word for it. I'm not gonna do that. How do you guys like this angry comic thing I'm trying out today? You like that? Is it? <laughs> is it unique? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> you know what? I hate women. Right? <laughs> um, actually, no. I do respect women. Um, are you a woman? <laughs> respect. All right. <laughs> I won him back with that, Pam. Let it. Let the record show that I won the audience back. I lost him and I got him back. Let's see, do I have any political material now that we're on the subject? Or, uh, you guys want to hear my impression of a libertarian? Here's my impression of a libertarian. All right. How is that racist? Thank you. All right. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that's pretty much it to me. That's all I hear. Um, God, what else is it? Here's a good political. This will kill us in San Francisco. Um, Trump bad? Fuck, all right, damn. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> that's going to be a viral tweet in like 12 hours. You see, um, here, I'll probably, I'll do one more political thing because we're eating it up, aren't we? We're eating it up. Uh, I'm a queer comic. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hateful. You're hateful. You're hateful. Um, I'd like to take, use my platform as a queer comic to teach everyone in here um, the Say So Dance on TikTok. Thank you. <laughs> Double threat. Clap into that mic. That's insane. That's a fucking standing ovation. Oh my guys, sit down, everybody. Sit down. Put that medal away. I'll take it later. Um, no, I am a queer comic which is why I also like to do multimedia stuff for the second time. I like to play this game with the audience every time I mention that I, that I like dick because, you know, I don't want to talk about it really because <laughs> it's annoying as fuck. Whenever you do, s when I, like, like I'm, I'm bisexual, right? And I always have to be like, oh, right, when I say that because pools, cause it's, like, it's like the only identity where people are like, oh, really? <laughs> Prove it. What the fuck, dude? I don't have, like, a bi-identification card, you know? Like, I have, like, a gift card to Lush, which is, like, kind of the same thing. Uh, it's like, oh, that fell out. Oh, shit. 
oh shit, that fell out. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's uh, I got I got bullied a lot in high school. Um, I'm also well, I also, I'm also vegan, right? So it's kind of like a double compounding of whatever your uncle hates on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, I am that liberal that he hates. I'm not even that liberal. I wanted it. I wanted to be anti all that shit. I got. I made a 4chan. I can't make a 4chan. I was just on 4chan. This isn't a joke, but the fact that I'm leading on to this route means I should get off it. Um, I'm just gonna end. I got one minute, so I'm gonna end on this little game I like to play with the audience called "Is It Gay Porn." Or is it Kung Fu that I slowed down? So <laughs> basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little clip for you guys, and I want you to tell me, uh, is it gay porn? Or is it just Kung Fu that I slowed down? <laughs> all right, gay porn or Kung Fu? Kung Fu, you say, you say gay porn, you say Kung Fu. All right, you're all wrong. It's a straight guy deadlifting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm Aaron Atkins. Get up for your host. Well, that's the 6 o'clock show. Thanks so much for being here at New Radio Comedy Festival Day 7. We have four shows left. Oh, my God. And, uh, then it's then, and then I get to have my first drink in 37 days. Clap it up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no relapsing. I just chose not to drink for five weeks. All right. Th uh, thanks for being here on the show. Stick around. We're going to be, we have shows all night. And bye. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days. All here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers. California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 9584.
Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit 
thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counteroffer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counteroffer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counteroffer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> yes, it's a great, but want to skip my game, but I said to myself, hmm, just cuz. Cuz I'm usually quite the calm one. You never find me a problem, boy, I'm just having fun. But I had to change my state of mind, but it's behind. I bet if you throw that ass in the air, it'll turn into sunshine. It's 7 o'clock. It's day 7 of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival here at Mutiny Radio. It's the 7 o'clock show on the 7th day. It's actually like the 61st podcast we've recorded in... Seven days for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020, and the 7 p.m. show is just comics doing their comedy thing. There's no theme. They're just going to be funny. It's weird because I'm hosting from behind the board back here, and it's going to feel like a ghost is hosting. <laughs> it's ghost host here at Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 from behind the board. Your first comedian of the night. It's really exciting to have him here in the flesh. He is part of LMFNOYT. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And he also uh, created and sang the amazing song that gets stuck in your head, San Francisco Mutiny Radio. He's the one who recorded it and wrote it, and he's an amazing, wonderful person. Put your hands together for Carl Hopped. Yeah! Thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right, what do you want to hear first, the good Jews or the bad Jews? The ball. Never mind the question. <laughs> now, I'll just tell you the good Jews. The good Jews are Ashkenazi, and uh, we'll just leave it at 
that. I want to get lynched. <clears throat> okay, so my uh, teen, uh, my teenager and his girlfriend, they're down the basement, and uh, so I call down to them, and I'm like, how are you making out down there? And my kid is like, with our tongues. <laughs> what kind of question is that, Dad? Uh, okay, so my girlfriend is, uh, I'm, I'm not from here, as might not be polite. My girlfriend's in my lap, let's just say, and she's down there and everything, and she is insisting that the space between my balls and my butthole is called the perennium. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it taint. Taint the perennium. Can we already, get back to work. <laughs> okay, so anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, how do you say it? Anti-Jewishism is ugly, and I've seen it up close. My friend, he considers his body to be a temple. Middle of the night, some creeps broke in and vandalized him. Well, you had to be there. Uh, Okay, so I'm from East Coast, okay? I got rid of the roaches in my apartment. Uh, Fuck that, okay? I gathered them all together, and I had one huge bong hit. Okay, so down in Florida, right, and pass a store called Badcock Furniture, right? And I'm like, Badcock, that sounds like you're scolding a dog. No, down, Badcock. Um, you guys ever do Viagra, Cialis? I mean, the young people, t- I, I don't mean do you need it, I mean do you ever did it, because that shit works, man. <laughs> I had a statue. I had a member's member. No, well, I'm saying I thought you had to have erectile dysfunction for that to uh, work. No, turns out if it ain't broke, you can still fix it. Uh, you guys know where I could bipolar? <coughs> Pam, maybe. I've, no, when I was young, I could score all the time. Now that I'm old, I don't know anybody. Uh, so I got... Um, I don't know. I'm from Jersey. Sometimes things might be inappropriate for a crowd. I don't know. Okay, so this woman at work, right? I'm I'm, I'm flirting with this woman at work, all right? Or at least, I mean, I thought I was flirting. She stops all of a sudden. She turns. She's like, are you coming on to me? And I was like, no. This isn't porno. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So my teenager, he wants to be a mime, right? He's up in his room practicing to be a mime. And I'm like, hey, keep it down up there. Keep your miming to a minimum. Uh, so my, ever since my grandfather, my grandmother died, my grandfather's so lonely, he's got a sign on his house that says, yes, trespassing. <laughs> and get in my, pro- he stands under with a shotgun, get in my property. Uh, I don't know, I guess just look, just don't do cocaine, okay? Don't, I told you this joke before, Pam, damn it. Uh, okay, after, um, okay, so let's do a counting game and then I'll get off. Here we go. Uh, I'll say I won the poop and you guys say I two the poop and then I say I three the poop and we count it out, okay? All right, I won the poop. I three the poop. I five the poop. I seven the poop. My name is Carl. You've been a good audience and as the Italians say, au revoir. Shaking that ass, shaking that ass. Carl, everyone. Stay tuned for Carl at 8 o'clock. You're going to be watching a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. It's so exciting to have him.
in the flesh all the way from New Jersey. Yikes, we've got people from all over the place. Your next comedian is all the way from Portland, Oregon. Clap your hands together. It's Andy Clark. Sexy motherfucker shaking that ass. Shaking that ass, shaking that ass. Sexy motherfucker shaking that ass. All right. Thank you so much. How's everyone doing tonight? Yeah. Woo, woo. Cool. Feeling good? Um, I think we should legalize marriage between people and animals. I do. I don't want to. It's not like a weird sexual thing. I'm not into it. I'm just one of those people who think that everything should be legal unless you can give me like a solid, logical argument against it, right? Yeah. So I tell people that, and they're like, well, Andy, you can't marry an animal because they can't give consent. So anytime you're having sex with like your cat wife or your camel husband, <laughs> you're raping them. Which, that is a good point. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. That is a good point. My only counter is. Since when on earth have people ever given a shit what animals consent to? Yeah, right. right? You know? Like, you know what else animals don't consent to? Uh, being fucking eaten. Okay? <laughs> yeah. But I guarantee you, if you took a cow and you were like, all right, listen, buddy, what do you consent to? We're either going to kill you, all your friends, all your family, grind you up into a bunch of little pieces, turn you into a patty, and sell you for a dollar at McDonald's. Or... This really, 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 really weird guy is going to suck your dick for the next 20 years. <laughs> what do you consent to? Yeah, the dick suck every single time, right? It's not even a question. It's not even a question. I know I get a lot of flack for that joke. People are like, Andy, you don't need to crouch. Animals are not that, or cows are not that short. But uh, you do if they're veal, okay? So maybe I've just thought it through a little bit more. It's true. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I got it. That's what I wanted. Um, it's just crazy, you know, animals don't consent to anything. Like, you know what else animals don't consent to is, like, being our pets, right? Like, why do you think whenever you get a dog, it always runs away for the first couple months you have it? Like, you get it, it always runs away, always runs away. After a couple months, it gets super needy, it just comes into your house, follows you around, won't go anywhere without you. People are like, oh, he loves us, he loves us. Like, that's not love. It's called Stockholm Syndrome, right? <laughs> if you kidnap me, kept me in a house, and no one came to get me for like three or four months, I'd be like, shit, <laughs> life dealt me a bad hand. I just gotta play it out. Still gonna take a piss on this carpet though. All right, okay, we're good, we're into it, we're into it, all right, whatever. Um, just a little segue, I'm a teacher. I think uh, the first thing you learn as a teacher is that waiters make a lot of money. You know, no one tells you that when you get into being a teacher, but it's true. I. Uh, you learn a lot as a teacher. I don't know. What do you guys, what do you think is the sexiest language out there? French? Italian? No, you're totally wrong. It's, it's Vietnamese. It, it, you were close. You should have yelled it out. You should have yelled it out. It's true. I'm a, I'm a special ed teacher. And it does, no, don't clap for it. It doesn't mean shit. People think it means you're a good person, but all it means is that statistically my friends make more money than I do. Um, but I had a student. He's learning English as a second language. He, uh, had an assignment from his English teacher. It was just a questionnaire that his parents filled out in Vietnamese, and he had to translate it and turn it into his teacher. And the last question on it was, is there anything special I should know about your son? And what he, his mom wrote something in Vietnamese, and he translated it underneath, and what he wrote is, will you please have sex with my son and his friends? Thank you, good. <laughs> yeah, and so the teacher calls me, she reads that to me, and like my first thought is, wow, Full sentences, I'm fucking killing it, right? 
She's like, no, no, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Okay, we're on the same page. So I pull him out of class. I ask him, why did you write this? Is it a joke? And he's like, no, it's Vietnamese. It's like, oh, no, okay, I get that. How did you translate it? So he takes out the piece of paper. He types in everything his mom wrote into Google Translate, but he doesn't put in any of the accent marks. And literally what it translated to was, will you please have sex with my son and his friends? Thank you. Good. <laughs> like, that is a sexy fucking language. You show me that in French. <laughs> Only thing stopping a normal message from a parent is just a couple of accent lines. It's a sexy fucking language. <laughs> my uh, girlfriend is also a teacher. I think uh, opposites attract. I think that's why we came together. Like, uh, my girlfriend at her school is two-time Golden Apple Teacher of the Year. Yeah, woo, yeah. Uh, last year, I called a kid a dickhead. So it's just, you know, it's completely opposite styles, opposites attract. Um, I don't know if there are any teachers out there, but if there are, uh, you gotta try it. You gotta get it out there, get it off your chest, it feels good. I remember when I called a kid a dickhead, um, he was being a giant dickhead. <laughs> and I just went over to him in this tone of voice. I was like, hey, can we do a little check-in outside? We step outside our class, we do a little check-in. And he's just going off on me, cussing at me, yelling at me. And in this cadence, I just go, dude, if you're going to be a dickhead, just stay out here. <laughs> and he immediately jumps back two feet, like I just showed him my dickhead. <laughs> and he pointed at me, and he looked me dead in the eyes, and he goes, you just called me a dickhead. I'm going to the principal right now, and I'm going to get you fired. Which is like, thank God, get out of here. <laughs> he goes off. I go back in the class, teach the lesson. Everything's totally fine. To his credit, the principal did come into my room at the end of the period. She was like, uh, Andy, can we do a little check-in out in the hallways? We step out in the hall, and she just looks at me, and she goes, um, I heard you called Brian a dickhead. And I just looked her dead in the eyes, and I was like, what? <laughs> I would never do that. I would never do that. She just looks at me in the eyes and goes, I'm glad I looked into this. <laughs> and I never heard about it again. Public education system, we're not paid a lot for a reason. Um, I guess I'll just end on just a classic joke, I guess, just a classic, classic joke. Um, knock, knock, knock. Your mama don't love. Your mom doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> We're getting a divorce. <laughs> it's not your fault. We both love you. I will always love you. So that's just a classic joke. Um, you guys, you guys can have that. Tell that to your friends. Say you came up with it. I really, I do not care at all. Um, I'll just always like that joke because that was actually the first joke that my dad ever told me. So it's like, oh, okay, got it. I'll always remember it. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm Andy Clark. Thank you so much. Everyone for Andy Clark out of Portland. Yay! 
All right, your next comedian, he's gonna make you laugh real hard. Clap your hands together for Ben Mel! Shit, I might cook for you, so you really don't matter, cause it's all about me and you. I was like, oh, it's me, I'm up. I'm the one who's not gonna make you laugh really hard. You're gonna be disappointed. Uh, guys, I'm in from LA. Yeah, I live in a real glamorous part of Hollywood next to a 7-Eleven, not to brag. Uh, I live right next to a, a Redbox. You know what it's like to see people waiting outside for Redbox? How the fuck is Redbox still a thing? <laughs> like, there are better ways to rent a movie than getting stabbed at 7-Eleven. You know? The movies aren't new. Like, I refuse to get stabbed over We Bought a Zoo. Like, I'm not doing that. That's, that's Matt Damon's 13th best movie. Like, if you got stabbed over school ties, I could see that. I could be like, okay, well, you're against anti-Semitism. I respect that. But We Bought a Zoo? The kid's mom dies, and his dad's like, here's a giraffe. I hope you feel better. That's not real life. My dad died, and my neighbor brought me a tuna casserole. I didn't get a giraffe. Life is bullshit. It's ridiculous, man. I, uh, yeah, right next to where I live, I found a new dry cleaner I'm really excited about, but I'm pretty sure she's a racist. Because the first thing she said to me was, fluff and fold is $19 as long as you're not a Jew. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> fluff and fold is only $19? That's amazing. <laughs> that, is, that is an amazing deal. Like, part of me feels really bad, though, because my grandmother ex escaped the Holocaust. But, like, $19, that is, uh, I feel like my grandmother would be proud of me for being such a good Jew. <laughs> you know what I mean? The last time I was in there, uh, she was like, oh, hey, you're a comedian, bring in a headshot. So I was like, okay. So I brought in a headshot, and she turned to this row of headshots and a Palestinian flag. That should have been a dead giveaway that she hated Jews. Uh, and she ripped the headshot off the wall and threw it in the garbage, and it was Carrot Top. And I was like, did you just make me the new Carrot Top? Like, what just happened? She put me up next to David Hasselhoff, the guy who made Running on the Beach in Slow Motion cool, and Magic Johnson, <laughs> the guy who made HIV cool. I was like, what a bitch. Like, people are going to Google me and see I've done nothing with my life. They're going to come in there and they're like, oh, my God, Magic Johnson, he goes here? Who the fuck is that next to Magic Johnson? <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do here? She's like, oh, write something funny. Write something, you know, you're a comedian. So I look at Magic Johnson to get a vibe of, like, what this kind of headshot wall is like. And he wrote, dear Sonia, thanks for putting the full court press in my dry cleaning. <laughs> you piece of shit. You own the Dodgers, you're a 13-time All-Star, a six-time NBA champion, and you have to have the best dry-cleaning pun of all time? <laughs> so I just wrote the first thing that, that came to my head. I wrote, Dear Sonia, the joke's on you. I am a Jew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's an exciting time for me. I just got engaged. Yes. <laughs> Give it up for monogamy. Yeah. Got engaged to a black woman? Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified. Because she wants kids, and if we have an ugly child, her family will know exactly who's responsible. <laughs> like, I can't bring a Blake Griffin monster baby to the cookout. <laughs> I will not be invited back. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Black women have been through enough. <laughs> you know? It's not easy. Having red hair is a burden. Like, I remember the first time I got made fun of for having red hair. I was in the sixth grade. This kid came up to me. He was like, hey, man, does the carpet match the drapes? I didn't even know what he was talking about. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask my mom. Um, she usually handles the interior design. <laughs> he was like, ew, you creep. It's like, you're the one who's into my mother's curtains, not me. <laughs> Weird, man. 
There's also only been two successful black men ever with red hair. Malcolm X, assassinated, and Blake Griffin, traded to Detroit. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. Like, that's not good odds for my kid. I don't want to do that. You know, I love my fiance, though. I want to have kids with her. She's the best. I even thought of a great name. So I called my mom and said, hey, mom, if we have a boy, I want to name it Tyrone. She was like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, you can't fucking do that. I was like, why not? She was like, Ben, play it safe. Name your kid Dylan. I was like, Mom, there's been six school shooters named Dylan. <laughs> the only thing a Tyrone's ever done is help a shitty friend move out of Erica Badu's apartment. <laughs> Tyrone's a hero's name. Tyrone is a name that projects confidence. You know why there's never been a school shooter named Tyrone? Because he's been too busy drowning in pussy, that's why. I'm not wrong. <laughs> it's a great name. I, uh, yeah, my fiance's family's great. Accepted me with open arms. I was the only white person invited to the family reunion. Yeah, her grandmother was so cool. She gathered generations of this beautiful black family and me for a photo. <laughs> and I'll never forget what she said. She was like, Ben, honey, get the fuck out of the photo. <laughs> I get it. That would be a real tough photo to Photoshop me out of. You know, like you can't bring that to Kinko's and be like, what can you do with this? You know? My mom's cool. My mom is a very accepting person, but she's the only person in my family who gives the worst gifts. The worst gifts ever. For my birthday last year, she got me cologne by Johnny Depp. You heard that correctly. Yeah. I called her. I said, Mom, what about me screams Johnny Depp? She was like, well, I know you love that movie, Donnie Brasco. I'm like, then you should have got me a gun. That's a way better gift. Last Hanukkah, she got me sneakers with pockets. So I was like, okay. So I opened the pockets. There was tons of weed. I was like, all right, finally a gift I can get behind. But I was afraid because you can't really do that. So I called her. I said, Mom, you know you can't send weed through the mail. That's a federal offense. And she was like, are you calling me on a landline right now? I was like, yeah, why? She was like, oh, in that case, I didn't send you shit. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. I love my mom. She's, she's become a huge advocate for medical marijuana. Not advocate. She's a drug dealer. She's, uh, yeah, she's become the biggest drug dealer in New Jersey. It's a very exciting time for my family. And uh, she's, my, she's my brother's drug dealer, actually. And I hadn't heard from him in a while, so I called her. I said, hey, what's going on? She's like, your brother's in the hospital. It's very serious. I said, okay. Uh, what's up? She's like, well, he didn't pay me on time. So I'm like, did you kneecap my brother? It's like, this is New Jersey, sweetheart. We have rules. <laughs> we have rules. You know, in, I'm engaged, like I said, and everything is so expensive. Nobody tells you how expensive everything's going to be. We had to go tuxedo shopping the other day, and it was revealed I have terrible taste because I wanted a green tuxedo. My fiance was like, you, you cannot wear a green tuxedo to our wedding. I was like, why not? She was like, because you're going to look like a fucking leprechaun. <laughs> and I was like, that's racist. Yeah, man. Had to had to go shopping for an engagement ring. That's the dumbest shit ever. I'm supposed to pick out a ring that my fiance wants, even though we've never had a discussion about this and I've never been in a jewelry store in my life. So I walk in there, and the saleswoman comes up to me, she's like, This is one of our loveliest diamonds, it's twenty thousand dollars. I was like, Well, it's beautiful, and I'm flattered you think I have twenty thousand dollars. She was like, Well, if you prefer cheaper options, sir. And I was like, Ooh, you sneaky bitch. Because I know what that means. That means if you don't buy this ring, you're a piece of shit. 
who doesn't appreciate his girlfriend. And if you do buy the ring, I get a huge commission and you're homeless. So I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get in this situation? She's like, sir, just to put your mind at ease, all of our diamonds are ethically sourced. We do not deal in blood diamonds. And I was like, that's going to be a deal breaker for me. Um, <laughs> my fiance really had her heart set on a blood diamond. She was like, sir, I don't, I don't think you know what that means. I'm like, no, 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 I get it. I am anti-blood diamond. I am anti-child soldier of any kind. But listen, I just know my fiance. I know what she likes. Are you sure you don't have any in the back? She's like, sir, we don't, we don't have any blood diamonds in the back. I was like, hey, before I left the house, my fiance said two things. Ever since I was a little girl, I wanted a big wedding and a blood diamond. The bloodier, the better. So who am I to ruin a little girl's dream? All right, thanks, guys. Ben Mel, keeping dreams alive with child soldiers and blood diamonds. All right. Your next comedian, he's hilarious. He's out of Chicago. You're going to love him. Clap your hands together for James Fisher Jr. How's it going? I'm, I'm very glad that, like, Ben, I'm very glad that you said black because I... It makes me uncomfortable when white people say African American. <laughs> it's like they're trying too hard not to be racist. Like a white dude calls me an African American, I'm like, oh, you definitely said nigga during the Kanye West song. Like you didn't, st <laughs> you didn't skip it at all. You was like nigga, like you just did it. This is great. All right, so I here's here's my game plan. Okay, I'm gonna do some new stuff. Okay, if that doesn't work. I'm gonna do some old stuff. If that doesn't work. I'm going to go back to my Airbnb and watch Digimon on Netflix because nobody's <laughs> fucking up my night, all right? I don't want you to classify like as a man-child. Like, it's not like real bad or nothing. I don't live in my mom's basement. Like, I got my own house. She paid for it, but it's mine. Uh, <laughs> but it's to the point to where anytime my friends come over and they want to go out, I'd rather stay in and watch cartoons like 100% of the time. Like, they come over like, hey, you want to go? You want to go to the bar? I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm like, oh, come on, man. We're going to get some girls. I'm like, girls? I'm watching Dora the Explorer right now. That's all the woman I need. <laughs> For the people who didn't laugh, did you not laugh because she's six or because she's Mexican? Like, which one? <laughs> Are you racist? It's just a good person. Like, I'm really, like, I'm, I really like, like, doing childish things sometimes because, I don't know, it brings, like, I don't know, it like, keeps you young. Like, I like going to the store and waiting by the milk section. I want to hear somebody go, let's get almond milk. I just scream at them, almonds ain't got no pennies, and I just run out the store. <laughs> I did it so much at one store, I went back in and there was a guard by the almond milk. I was like, oh, you ain't got nobody buy this oat milk, though. Like, <laughs> I, I'm also like, like just, I'm not afraid of getting older, but I, like, though I do want kids one day, I'm afraid of being a dad. I'm afraid of being a dad, not because I think I'd be bad at it. I just don't want to start telling dad jokes. Like, I hate, <laughs> I hate, like, you know what dad joke is, right? It was the worst part about skateboards, the people who ride them. <laughs> Fuck that shit. No, I hate it. I hate it. But I think about it, I'm just like, all right, as a comedian, I get up here, tell jokes. It's like therapy for me. I'm working some shit out. But now I just get sad anytime I hear a dad joke. <laughs> yeah, you want a parsnip? It's not a whole snip, but it'll have to do. <laughs> me and my wife are getting a divorce. So <laughs> 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 I don't know why, like, getting older is like, it's weird. It's weird getting older because you, like, basically, like, you, you change the way you look, but, like, you don't really change, like, as a person. Like, I think a lot of the same things that I did when I was a kid. Like, when I was a kid, my main thing was I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I just want to do my own thing. And I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to uh, eat ice cream, play video games all night. That was the game plan. 
And then went to college, and I was like, oh, got my own laptop. I can look at titties whenever I want. This is great. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to stay up all night, eat ice cream, play video games, and try to have sex. And I tried to have sex in college, but nobody wanted to have sex with me because I looked like I stayed up all night eating ice cream, playing video games. <laughs> and you don't really change. Like, well, I, I, don't really, I didn't really change anything I thought about anything. Like, when people started saying, like, oh, don't use the word gay is stupid, I was like, yeah, don't. But not because it was offensive, but it was just like, as a straight male, there's a lot of gay stuff we do to that word is better suited for. Any straight male in there, if you have a straight male best friend, it's the gayest moment in your life when you met him. You just met this other man that you connect with on every level, and you're just looking at him like, damn, I, I like this nigga, damn, yeah. <laughs> okay. And you take him on a date. You don't call it a date. you like, hey, you want to go to the bar and watch the game? But if you split wings, nigga, that's a date to me. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> It just doesn't end in sex. It ends in video games, and video games is boy sex. That's all it is. <laughs> I remember the first time I met my best friend, it was during the uh, all-star basketball game. I was going to have a party, and then I got sick, so I canceled the party. I canceled it, and later on, Dad started feeling better. I'm like, ah, oh, why did I cancel the party? I'm like, I guess I'll watch the game by myself. And I get a knock at the door. Again, not my best friend at the time, just some random dude. And he's, he's like, hey, man, is the party happening? I'm like, no, nah. I'm in my pajamas. I got sick. He was like, oh, are you okay? Like, he was very concerned. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, all right, cool. And then he proceeded to stand in my doorway for, like, two minutes in silence. <laughs> it's a strange. He was like. <laughs> I got it right here. How fucking strange is that? <laughs> but my response to that was, I don't know, dog. Like, you trying to come in or something? Like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? But he came in. We had a great time. We ordered some food. I learned about him. We learned about me. We had a tickle fight. Why can't we just do that as men? <laughs> Seriously. I just, I, like, I really think, I think as people, we think about things a little too seriously. Some people take issues into their hands that's not theirs. Like, I, I want support from everybody when black issues come up. But support means just back me up. Like, I, like we get it. Fuck R. Kelly. Fuck Bill Cosby. But let us say it, and then you be in the background like, yeah, fuck him. That's it. That's it. Because <laughs> I don't know if anything you say comes from a place of righteousness or racism ever. I don't know. You know Tyler Perry has an entire film career because we watch him in spite of y'all. Do you understand that? Because <laughs> you when you say Tyler Perry sucks, I don't know if you're being racist or just right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I watch, uh, I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of cartoons, too. Like, does anybody in here watch cartoons? Yeah. All right, a couple people. A couple people did it for pity because they were like, no one. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of cartoons, but I like watching the ones I grew up with. But the more you watch them, the more I found that they're fucked up. Like, they're very fucked up. Like, does anybody remember one called the Rugrats? Yes, yes Rugrats is very fucked up because those parents are horrible. <laughs> Those parents, are whole, they just leave their kids in the backyard for hours and just go in the house and do whatever the fuck they do. And nobody's called CPS on them once. Nobody's called. And I'm not going to say it's because they're white, but I will say it's because they're Jewish. As a home <laughs> they let their kids go to the moon one So how the fuck you let your kids go to the moon? There's a cartoon called Hey Arnold. I used to love it. It didn't make sense because those kids walked around at like 12 midnight every night in a borough in New York, and nobody got kidnapped. Because <laughs> I got that one black kid with him, like, I got this shit, let's go. Like, that's weird, no. 
That was another one I used to watch. Magic School Bus. They used to let you watch it in school. It was amazing. They'd roll the TV in to teach you. Like I'm hungover, over. Just fucking watch this. Like it was great. It was a great day. Magic School Bus fucked up because some kids almost died every episode. They were saying the theme song. You might get baked into a pot. What? No, I'm not going no more. Give me five. That's an episode. They went to Pluto. I don't know how the fuck they got there. But they went to Pluto. And a little ginger kid named Arnold, he died for like five minutes. He was just like dead. And they took him back to Earth, brought him back to life. But then the teacher was like, oh, I see you guys tomorrow. What the fuck you mean see you tomorrow, Miss Frizzle? You know what was them? How the fuck we get on Pluto? Arnold was dead. Why are you so calm? And fuck up off me, Carlos. Like, it was crazy. I really like cartoon. Like anybody, like name a cartoon that you fairly that taught me about racism. <laughs> That's an episode of Fairly Operants that teaches you about racism. He like he's tired of getting picked on, so he says, "I wish everybody was gray blobs." So he turns everybody into gray blobs, and then he goes to school, and he still gets picked on. He's like, "But we're all the same." And he's like, "No, we're the grayest of the gray and the blobbiest of the blobs." And he goes, "You niggas is crazy." Like it's a great episode. I, I want to do something that I like to do when I have my time. It's uh, called Ask a Black Dude. All right, you got to bear with me for a second. <laughs> All right, you get to ask me anything about black people you want, and I'm not allowed to get offended. You agree you're not going to get offended. You just, all right, cool. She gets a lot of questions from him. She's used to it. That's just <laughs> any questions you have about black people that aren't about R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, or uh, O.J. Simpson. Anything else, how, I will answer. How often do you have to cut your hair to get that fade? Uh, every day. <laughs> every day I was in the mirror like, oh, you motherfuckers gonna get it now. Like, it's, it's like a lot of prep. Like, I don't like doing it. How do I feel about Joe Biden? Um, I feel like he's just gonna be another nigga president that happens to be white. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think everything they, everything they were scared Obama was gonna do, Trump has done and he's just gonna do it. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't like them, but I'm predisposed to not liking old white people. <laughs> what else? Also, that was that was a personal question. That wasn't a black question. That was just like asking me like what my favorite food is. A general. <laughs> how do black people feel about Joe Biden? They like him. I don't though. Like, <laughs> you see the polls. They voting for that motherfucker. Give me a black question. Just a black question. Overall, why why do people get scared? <laughs> What's, like a black What's a black clothing store tomorrow? Ooh, okay. Uh, we love Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she was like, "Yes, we do." <laughs> and black women love Rainbow. I don't know why. No, hey, my hey, I got six sisters. They all shop at Rainbow. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Where are you from? Where are you from? Are you from here, Texas? Okay, that's a different breed of black people down there because they have to deal with racist white people. I'm from Kentucky. They have to deal with racist white people way more. So <laughs> she's a different human being. She's like a she's like a she's like a cyber black person. Like she's like she has all the extra shit that I don't. Like I'm not equipped for a lot of things. I'm I'm equipped for blatant racism. I'm not equipped for good for you racism. Like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not equipped for like nice white people who are like he's one of the good ones. I'm like yes I am. Yes I, I'm not equipped for it. All right. <laughs> She's like, all right, see, all right. I, whew, thank you. I, uh, don't tell my sisters. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I, love, I love doing comedy. I do. And I, uh, I didn't, like, start out doing comedy when I went to Chicago. I went to DePaul University to get a degree in computer animation. And, yes, I have it. I'm not using it. That's why I'm here right now. <laughs> 
But when I started doing comedy, my mom didn't like it. She didn't like it at all. She was like, why are you doing comedy? I was like, well, I like making people laugh, mama. She was like, yeah, but why don't you do animation? I was like, well, what's wrong with me doing comedy? She's like, I just, comedians do drugs, and I don't want you doing drugs. It's like, mama, do you think people who make cartoons don't do drugs? <laughs> like, I wasn't there when they made Toy Story, but I feel like it was just two dudes sitting in the room smoking, just like. <coughs> hey, yo, dog. What you think these toys do when we leave, man? <laughs> Friend looked at him like. Oh, no. But if I was that cowboy, I'd try to fuck the shit out of little Bo Peep. She look good to the motherfucker. You guys have been great. I'm James. Thank you so much. James Fisher Jr. Got to ask him real quick. How, how deep is your anime love? Uh, very. Do you know Ranma one half? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, just check it. Oh, my God. That's my favorite anime because it's a boy who when he gets wet, he turns into a girl. Yes. And, and his dad is a big <laughs> fat guy and he turns into a panda. Anyways, it turns into a kitty cat. It's a fucking crazy show. I love it. Look up Ronma one half and clap one more time for James Fisher Jr. All right, your next comedian is a favorite here at Mutiny Radio. Put your hands together for Sam Carroll. Hello, people. How are you? I feel like I should talk about a little bit about myself. I'm a bike messenger. And that ends at 5 a.m., 5 p.m. every single day. And then I come here. I do comedy. I don't shower. I don't change my clothes or anything. So this is just how I exist. What's going on? How are you? But it's funny because sometimes, sometimes, you know, I'll make people laugh. And I'll get the occasional, uh, you know, the occasional blowjob from, com from comedy. And then they'll never come back to comedy. Like I said, 40 miles a day. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Grinding the seat of my pants up against my butt makes it gross. It's disgusting. So I'm trying to communicate to you. <laughs> I didn't really have a joke there. I just kind of wanted to share that because my balls are sweaty right now. And I always have to deal with this uncomfort, but it's fine because I think it makes me a better comic, honestly. But anyways. Anyways. Oh. Isn't losing stuff the worst? Like, wh it's like, where is it? You know? Oh. Yeah. I live with uh, I live with my parents. I do I call the female mom and the male David. Yeah. He's my real dad. He just he always just thought it was, you know, gay to call another man uh dad. So I just called him Dave or Big Dick Dave. <laughs> Pass the hummus. Ha ha. I saw it in the shower one time. Dude, I remember I, I was, I think, 12 at the time, and he was just using a lot of body wash, just lathering himself all over, and he was just running down his legs onto the floor, making the shower floor very slippery, and I slipped on it, and I just fell on my back. Yeah, and there I was, naked and afraid, staring up at what looked like a, uh, a snake that had just been tasered. <laughs> he had an erection at the time. With like a lot of electricity too, not just a normal taser that the cops use, like a cattle prod, like a lot of wattage. I feel like I don't have you guys on this story. Like maybe there's, maybe there's some part you're not believing. Is that is that what's going on? And I said to him, Dad, 
think you dropped the soap. Because we were pals. It was cool. Um, but that would have traumatized some people. But not me. No. Uh, it soothed my pubescent soul to know that when I got older, I was going to be packing heat. Heat. But I got all my mom's dick jeans. That's great. Got them all. How do you know that, Sam? Did you measure your mom's clit? Yes, but that's not how I know that. It was a separate project. <laughs> Plus, clit sizes do not predict dick sizes. They don't. Mine's like two, three times bigger. Easy. Easy. No, but I got my mom's dick jeans, and uh, you know, you gotta you gotta shower with a few uncles to find that out. But you guys remember the recession in '08? Times were tough. We had to conserve water. Everyone had to do this, right? That's what I was told. No? Okay. Cool. But it's funny because out of all my uncles, uh, my dick ended up looking like mostly like that of my mom's brother-in-law, which is a strange coincidence. It is not explained genetically. I have some questions. There's a greater conspiracy brewing here. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm afraid of uh, sexual fetishes that I'm not ready for. You know, some people walk around, their, their big sex scare is, you know, getting an STD. I'm not afraid of that, no. That's why I have a lot of them. But, no, I'm, a I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of uh, sexual fetishes that I'm not ready for. Like the other day, I had picked up a woman in the tenderloin. It was kind of by happenstance. I had happened upon my car's horn with my elbow as I was reaching over into the passenger side. And she approached my car, you know, because I, I thought she was worried about me. But, uh, you know, she wanted to party. She wanted to party, so I let her in. We're going to the party. It's going great. And, uh, you know, right after I had sex with her, I found out she had a money fetish, <laughs> which is just a tough way of figuring out that you don't have any cash on you. <laughs> yeah, oh, just dang money fetishes. They get me every time. Every time. I got a fetish, though. I got one. I got a little sneaker. I, uh, I've, I'm rare among my breed in the sense that I have a consent fetish. Yeah. Nothing's, nothing gets me uh, more excited than a woman finally signing that dotted line of the consent papers I brought to the bar in advance and trifolded, put in my back pocket. Will you sign my permission slip? <laughs> it's legally obligating. I hang out at lawyer bars. You'd be surprised how often that works. <laughs> yeah. No, I got a consent fetish. I, uh, I met a girl one night who had a rape fetish. And we had tem terrible chemistry. Absolutely awful. Because I respect women, you know? I respect women, but she was a oh, she was a piece of shit, man. Oh, goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> I used to date a girl who had a choking fetish. And uh, you, you, guys, you guys know how, how hard that is, just how caloric that can be. Just it burns a lot of calories, you know? It's a full-body exercise. Unless she has a peanut allergy. Then you can kind of play around with a little... Erotic anaphylaxis. You guys catch me right here on this? Yeah? A little skippy, a little creamy skippy. A little just like a little Hitler mustache, a creamy skippy. Yeah, it's called doggy style. That's, that's the, what the kids are doing these days. I saw it on the news the other day. They were like, you won't believe how your nut allergic children are getting their nut. Yeah. I'll never do that. I'll never autoerotic anaphylaxis say it myself. 
put a belt around my shit because I just, oh, it's a fucking terrible way to die. Have that. And that's not a joke. I just never want you guys to die with a belt around your neck because your poor mother. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you. I'm Sam Carroll. Sam Carroll, everyone. Ending on a erotic asphyxiation joke. All right, your last comic of this 7 o'clock show is all the way from Boston. Clap your hands together for Casey McNeil. Sexy hey, me again. You haven't had enough me. Get some more me. Oh, my gosh. I listen to Sam, and I'm like, my God, I do not understand the romance patterns of young people today. I just don't. Probably because I have been married for 28 years. Thank you. Three different women. <laughs> mothers of my, most of my children. No, but I, I, I just don't understand how the young people, the things that they do now. I, I, I do a lot of saloon comedy, and... So I spend a lot of time in bars, and I don't drink it, and I watch the guys that are drinking, and they, they, there's guys now, these young guys, they, they grade the women according to how much they would have to drink before they would have sex with them. You know, like this guy's next to me in the bar the other day, he starts telling me, he goes, hey, 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 yeah, you see that one over there? Yeah, for her, I'd have to drink like six beers. What he doesn't know is she's looking over at him going, well, maybe if I was on heroin. <laughs> Uh, like I said, a three, and then and then the magazines, young people's mag, like the magazines you guys, Vogue, Cosmopolitan. This half of the magazine bags on men; the other half teaches you how to get one. <laughs> All men are scum. Here's how to get yours. Coming up next month: Why he's an asshole and seven new ways to please him in the bedroom. But I tell you, after being married three times, I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it again. Cause like, uh, it's hard. It's hard to keep up. My wife is 17 years younger than I am, so. Yeah, thanks, both of you. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, uh, it's hard to keep like sex toys. I don't get how can a man, how can a person ever compete with the sex toy in a relationship? You know, it really has to be a very symbiotic kind of a thing going on. Because I, I, when I feel like when a sex toy is involved in my sex with my wife, it's like being on a comedy show that you're not the headliner. You know, because after the show, to the headliner, she goes, "That was amazing." Then she looks at me and says, "You were fun too." But then the other thing, the young people now, I don't, I, the porn, everybody's talking about all porn, you do the porn, do the porn, do, you know, check out the porn, the porn is great, porn. I think, you know, but I go, well, uh, all the porn seems to be like choking and, and hitting and, and I, I don't get it, you know, slapping and choking and hitting. They go, oh, you got to try something new, old man. I'm like, oh, yeah, how did I miss that? Mixing sex and violence to make me the ultimate romantic. I, but I know that nowadays, and then I, I'm confused. You guys been talking tonight too about the the dick pics. Somebody mentioned the dick pics. The dick, you guys, you young people, you send dick pics to people. What the hell? Yeah, what amazing accomplishment! I don't even look at it when I shower. Like, I have a thousand questions for you. Like, how do you pose it? Are, are there Snapchat filters? Mine's a tiger. Growl. They say the average age of somebody that does this is 24 years old. Do you have any idea what I would have to go through to send a picture of Mike Johnson to somebody when I was 24 years old? First, I'd have to go buy film for the camera, <laughs> set up the tripod, get the 400 ISO, go on to that black and white noir effect. <laughs> now I can take it down to the photo mat to get it developed. Now, for those of you kids that don't know what the photo mat was, this is a place where we took our film down. A guy physically developed it in front of you while you waited. Yeah, that's not an awkward conversation in 1984. <laughs> I don't know, Bob. Do you think my dick looks better in the glossy or the matte finish? I can't remember. 
Now I got an hour to go buy stamps and envelopes. <laughs> Write up that letter. Dearest Ernestine, check this shit. Right? Wrap that letter up, send it off. You know, wait a couple weeks for that reply. Finally get it. Who dis? You know. It's an 80s ghosting joke, okay. Now I haven't married a long time. My wife and I have. We do all right. You know, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but the Wonder Woman movie, they're making a new Wonder Woman movie this summer. And I learned that Wonder Woman was created by, who knows this? William Marston. He's a famous psychologist who also invented the polygraph exam. Isn't that something? Yeah, so that explains that whole magic lasso shit and all that, right? You know? and now, but here's what a lot of people don't know. William Marston created Wonder Woman based on his wife and their mutual lover. So Wonder Woman kind of a poly at the end of the day. You know, and I guess that explains the magic lasso and all that shit. But I think it's interesting, like, I don't know, they, I think it's cool that he made a superhero based on his, his wife. If they made a superhero based on my wife, it wouldn't be the same. Like, she wouldn't have superpowers that kill you. they just make you feel really bad about yourself for a few days. <laughs> you see how they kind of powers that make you go back to the grocery store three times to get the right kind of onion. <laughs> that was a white onion. Go get a golden onion. I can picture her backstory, though, like, after being involved in an accident involving a, an industrial spill of toxic anxiety, she's now imbued with the powers of a passive-aggressive personality disorder and fights against her adversaries over and over and over until they just don't know what they're fighting about anymore. All right, that's all I'm going to do. Thanks, you guys. Casey McNeil, all the way from Boston, Massachusetts. All right, that's been our 7 o'clock show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the last day of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. It's the fifth annual. We have three shows left tonight. At 8 o'clock, we're going to be watching a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. At 9 o'clock, we have Comedians Comedian. And at 10 o'clock, the very last show is I Fucking Love Cats. So Yay. come back and join us all night, and thanks for being here. Tommy Paparella in the house. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco, Mutiny Radio.
or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Why not make a donation? Streaming live the station. District of the Mission. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at Mutiny Radio. FM. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be 
Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? 
Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival hosting an incredible offside show Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3150. These things just took over me. Just took over my whole body. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th. 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmen Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. 